0: Welcome to Sea to Sky Air's Community Conversations, the part podcast, part webinar show that wants to help you thrive through your isolation and quarantine. I'm Victoria Wood, and over the next few weeks, we're going to bring you practical tips and advice on everything from homeschooling to mental, physical, and social health through interviews with professionals from the Sea to Sky corridor. Now it's time to welcome our first ever guest, Katie McIntyre. Katie is a grade seven teacher from Don Ross Middle School in lovely Squamish, BC. Thank you so much for being here, Katie.
1: My pleasure, thank you for having me. You are
0: welcome. Katie, have you ever been on a podcast or anything like this before?
1: Nope, this is first time.
0: Awesome, me too, so <laughs> this is gonna go well. <laughs> Let's see where it goes. So could you give me a little introduction about um, your role
1: at Don Ross as a seventh grade teacher? Sure, um, I actually started my career teaching down in Vancouver uh, for three years. And then after that three years, all I've been doing was wanting to get back into the sea of sky. And finally my opportunity came when um, I got into the, the district here as a TOC, which is a teacher on call, a substitute teacher. And within that first year, um, I landed a position teaching grade eight and grade nine. Uh, socials, English and French as a second language at Don Ross. I love it because they're all a bit shell-shocked and they're like shy at the first sort of couple months of school because they don't really know everybody which is unlike um, a lot of elementary schools where they started in kindergarten and they've made their way along together and then all of a sudden they come to this huge school with so many different people and faces and uh, I get to mold them. So <laughs> it's, it's really, it's yeah, I really do. I love the age um, and 12 and 13 year olds, which is the grade seven age. Uh, they, they're super independent, but still dependent on you. You can still have a bit of um, an influence on them before the hormones really kick in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in <teenage> yeah. <laughs>
0: You hit on so many great points there, things like uh, the importance of communication between you and your students, the physical presence, and I can Mm -hmm. imagine that those two things are a little strained right now with the current situation with COVID-19. Yeah. Perhaps we could start by you giving us a lay of the land of what life is like for teachers, children, and parents in the Sea to Sky corridor right now. For people like myself who don't have children in the school system, maybe Mm -hmm. could you give us a quick rundown of what's happening in schools, and maybe what now an average day looks like for a student at Don Ross?
1: Absolutely. Um, Don Ross tends to get a bit of a um, harder reputation in town because we house kids at their most vulnerable stages. And if you think back to when you were in grade seven, eight or nine, we were all a little bit free-wired. And so uh, the, the thing that's coming out of COVID is that, we as a middle school are actually doing really well <laughs> because, because we've been set up through technology prior to this. Um, we, like for myself, we had already been on Google Classroom before um, this sort of stage of the year came about. And um, so my kids could log on fairly easily. They'd seen the screen before. We had, um, they had, John Ross was all, all their students were, were set up with Um, accounts that they could easily uh, get onto Google Classroom so for for Don Ross Middle School it's actually been really really good and I have to say um, our staff has really come together and and it's a neat forum because here we are as all grade 7 teachers and we have this wealth of knowledge and people are just sharing out the the lesson plans that they're doing so we're really collaborating so well as a staff during this time um, when you look at the high school the elementary schools in town it's definitely a little bit more challenging because uh, you know somebody in grade two wouldn't necessarily be set up on a google classroom someone who's in grade two or say eight years old um, they need a lot more support from their teacher so what I'm sort of feeling throughout the community is that the kids in elementary school are really needing their parents. Um, parents are really having to step up and and have a have a big impact on their education. Elementary school teachers are doing their absolute best, and I know that uh, it's it's difficult because it's such a different way of learning, and especially in elementary school where you, as a teacher, are there's so much interaction with your kids that to now have a screen and, and only really be able to connect with them at certain times. And if, if they can get onto the screen and um, it's definitely much more challenging for the younger folks. And then the, the high school kids, a lot of them are actually working. So that's another presenting challenge that like for myself and for what I've hearing throughout the rest of my middle school staff is that, we're able to connect with our kids on a daily basis, whereas in the high school level, um, it's harder to do that because kids are working or they're babysitting or bad expectations. is are just looking a little bit different. Um, so it is it is definitely challenging. Um, but I look at it as we've been really lucky. Um, almost on my daily chats, I have almost my entire class showing up every day. And the ones who aren't there, I know where they are because um, they've connected somewhere else. Um, as for families, for sure, I don't have kids myself, but um, friends who have kids, you, there's a lot of creativity that's gonna have to come out in this time, but to see what the community is doing, um, I think it's really inspirational and there are a lot of families are painting rocks. I don't know if you've seen that around, uh, yes, they wonder. have <laughs> like painted rocks are everywhere and I think such it's such a um, happy thing to get outside and and provide a little bit of joy to people who are who are using the trails so that's definitely something uh, to do at home I had a friend a colleague tell me that his girls uh, one's in grade six and one is in grade eight um, they did a trip around the world so the girls search different different um, countries and they they asked their mom to or dad to go get the grocery list of what they needed and then They made little passports and said, okay tonight. We are flying from um, Say Milan Italy because they just had pasta or pizza the night before and now they're flying to um, Beijing where they're just they're gonna have like a stir-fry. So it's there's all these creative things that are coming out of this time um, Which I think it just it's great and I think it's amazing um, for what families are doing. And um, we can we're here to support them as much as possible. And really kind of talking to our kids and saying, hey, like incur we were trying to encourage conversation and, and we we're having these fireside chats with my coworker and he's actually got a fire in the background <laughs> that he's from the fireplace. And and we're just trying to have a casual conversation with our students to say, hey, like how's it going? What do you want to talk about? Um how you feeling about COVID? Um and really the social emotional piece is the number one the number one thing that we really as teachers are are focusing on during this time, making sure that their their health and their um their mental health is is good. And then how can we support them within that? That's fantastic.
0: That all sounds Wonderful. From somebody who obviously doesn't have children, is no longer in the school system, I am not in tune with what happens in situations like this and the things that parents and children are going through. And to hear that you're looking after the and thinking of the whole child across mental health, emotional health, mm-hmm. that's just so very encouraging. And I can imagine that parents all over are so grateful to have teachers like yourself who look after the the mental and and social well being of their children in that way. Yeah. And on the, the thread of this kind of social, mental, emotional well, well-being, how are you finding that your children are adapting to homeschooling and distance learning? Are they, is the structure, is their daily structure the same? Or are they having any particular challenges? And are there any um, kind of resources for parents and students that, that can help them adapt to this new way of learning?
1: For sure. Um, yeah, so that was one thing that I really wanted to, um, Ensure right from the get-go was routine and, and any family will know that when you have routine your students your kids will be much more engaged and successful it's when you take down all those pillars of support that is that is their routine that things tend to um, slide into directions that we all become and uh, that we don't want to be so we need those structures in place we need that routine in place so every morning um, I meet with my class at whatever 9:30, but I know that a lot of other my coworkers, I'd say probably 90 or percent more, are meeting with their classes at a designated time every single day. And establishing those routines is really really important because then they know what to expect. And um, the hardest part is not providing the support one on one when they need it, even though we are we are doing what we can, which is so typically we'll, we'll meet at 930 and on Google Classroom, I will share my screen and I'll say, okay, today we're doing this, this, this and this. Um, some days I'm still incorporating what we call circles. So we meet as a class. Um, if we were back in our typical classroom, we would meet and sit in a circle. And, and generally it was either like share something about your weekend or if there was sort of a, an emotional piece that we needed to talk about. That's a space where we would talk about it. Um, but I would the students mostly know it as a birthday circle. So if it's somebody's birthday, we go around and share something nice about that student. And so I've been continuing that on on this platform, on the the, the Google Meet classroom platform. So it's still nice to recognize those kids and their birthdays and share something nice about them. So that's typically what we do. We start the day. and. Um, if there's a birthday, then we'll share a birthday, or if it's like a riddle, we'll do the riddle, and then we'll go through the, the expectations of the day, and then say, hey, stay on if you need us, um, if you have any other questions, hang out, we're here, um, and if not, um, again, Google being so great, they we have Google um, hang out open all day. And so we've got our classes, um, in there so the kids can just jump on and say, Hey, Ms. Mac, I need some support here. Or, um, can you help me with this? Or, and then we have another venue where they could actually sign up in like a calendar format and get one-on-one with another support teacher. Um, cause that's really the biggest thing. These, these students now have to advocate for themselves. They have to, um, ask for help when they don't know something. And it's not as easy as just putting your hand up. They have to physically make an effort to contact one of us if they don't understand, which alone is an amazing lesson. And the other part of, I think, this lesson that has been really good for students is they have to read their instructions. A lot of students will will get the assignment and then put their hand up and say, I don't know how to do it. And of course all teachers are like, well, why don't you read the instructions? <laughs> so now it's teaching kids to read the instructions because we aren't there physically to help them. Um, for the most part, it's been going well. And and if kids aren't handing in little assignments here and there, then we just gently remind them, hey, you haven't done this, or just a reminder kit to get this done. Or if need be, we'll send an email home saying, hey, can you support your student to get this mm-hmm. done? Um, but with you know just this day and age of technology there's the internet is set up with a with an abundance of resources um so if families are looking to go above and beyond they can absolutely do so or reach out to us and we can give them uh you know a whole su- supply of things to do with their students um for example that that trip around the world uh, dinner style so um yeah it's it's we can, we can be sort of negative about the whole thing, but I think really focusing on the positives, which is um, advocating for yourself and your learning, um, reading through directions to, uh, to try and figure things out <clears throat> on your own. And then the other amazing component of this is that for those kids who are, you know, moving through the work quickly, they have online, whole, the whole world, the whole internet, to learn whatever they want and they can learn another language they can learn um if they have a, you know a musical instrument hanging around their house that they want to learn how to play or to cook something or bake something it's like the covid sourdough bread sourdough bread like yeah. you know they can learn how to make some sourdough um so they can do so much with uh not very much and i think that is the other really, mm. really cool platform of this is that we're given the gift of time and we have a student who was struggling really socially in our class this year and and they um they were just caught up in all of the the drama and and now that they're on this online platform all of that social component has dissolved from their world and They're so on top of their learning and they've, they've like excelled tremendously. And, and the neat thing about some of our math programs that we're using, Khan Academy being one of them, if the level that they're at isn't working, they can go back other grades. If grade seven's too hard, go back to grade six or grade five. And that's totally within their realm. And again, that gift of time to catch up and, and um, fill those holes of learning that maybe have, have been Mm -hmm. on, on the way. So, yeah, yeah.
0: And the internet is a wonderful tool for us all, you know, people yeah. like like myself and you who are able to work from home and mm-hmm. still keep in contact with our colleagues and students. But there's also a flip side to that, which is that now families are crunched together in a home where mostly under isolation, non-essential travel orders. And yeah. that really changes a family dynamic. You know, Absolutely. all of a sudden you've gone from parents being at work, children being at school, and then having these these more kind of compressed moments of time during dinner or watching a movie or going out and doing something together. And now we're together 24 seven. Yes. Um, How are you finding, or are there any negatives that you're seeing and then some um, kind of adaptations for children and families working and finding time around their individual routine for schooling?
1: Yeah, Um, I think once school started, I think parents were kind of like okay this is good because they've got some routine and they've got some focus and so even though at first it was a lot of the parents helping the students get online and and set up but once they know how to do it especially in you know our years um they're they're quite independent in that way and the parents can then have a bit of a, a breather but yeah absolutely um it's it can be quite stressful to have kids at home for sure especially um younger ones who need a little bit more engagement with their with their parents and their parents are at home working and how stressful that can be and and again i can speak to my grades is that we can really try and say hey like give our family a break like <laughs> go read a book quietly like go sit outside we've been so gifted with this amazing weather this past two weeks that i I've noticed families getting a lot outside a lot more, um, but definitely challenges coming in. I would think with the younger students, um, like we have, cause uh, some of our, our, our great are just saying, Oh, my siblings are getting so annoying and they're just frustrated with them. And, and then reminding them like, then take, take some time for yourself, go for a walk. Um, but a lot of these challenges again, and I can, I regularly speak to the families that are, are, they're, they're, they're doing okay. There's annoyances, but once this all sort of shakes out, um, I kind of wonder if they're gonna come back together again, like Schitt's Creek. I don't know if you've watched Schitt's Creek at all. <laughs> Not maybe. really, no, but I know the show. Prime example that, you know, this really wealthy family that never spent any time together, ends up in this hotel or motel room and they're side by side and then they spend like six years or together. And forced together that when it comes to you know them leaving it's really hard because Yeah, in the moment it can be definitely really really irritating and and annoying and frustrating but I think at the end of this um, That I think a lot of bonds and connections are going to be formed um, But in the moment I can definitely sympathize of how frustrating it will be <laughs> it could be and and um and finding again that that there's a lot more ownership on parents um, to to get creative and and to figure out you know how to make their kids get outside. And one of my students' moms, she was she was great. They she she happened to know a little bit of ge- more, like, geomorphology and geography. So they took a drive down the sea to sky and then pointed out different land features and so which is brilliant. I think that's fantastic. And, Um, you know, if parents needed to, we can say, you know, create a journal or, or draw a picture about your feelings. And that's another thing that we were talking about social and emotional is parents can, can really dive into what, what feelings are and, and, and how their, their kids are feeling and, and how to express them in, in ways that isn't necessarily screaming, but it could be like drawing a picture or telling a story about what your feelings are doing. Um, so but again, as a parent at the moment, you might not think about that. But uh, I would hope that parents would reach out to to teachers if they really feel like they're struggling. Um, because as, I mean, and again, I'm a teacher who doesn't have kids at home. Some of my colleagues do. Um, so I have time to go and research different ways to help them. And I would just give the advice that if you're struggling, definitely find the avenues out there with the internet to, uh, to to find some ways to, to make it a little bit easier. Um, Because I can't imagine how, how hard it would be. And to be also in a, in a more of a confined space, like in an apartment building downtown or, um, yeah, it would, it would definitely be challenging for sure.
0: And can you recommend, recommend perhaps the top three that come to your mind resources for parents to go and look up some of these um, ideas that you've mentioned, kind of ways to express the social and emotional feelings, um, ideas for activities that might complement the education, or things even just to separate completely and, and blow off steam?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I could say any off the top of my head, because my my research is like, I put it into Google. <laughs> like, how do I help a kid with this? Or how do I manage Google's this? wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to actually be doing a project about feelings um starting tomorrow um where they have to create a feelings mar- monster and there's actually a book about it and um i don't know the website off the top of my head but uh i i, I mean without i i don't have anything right on the top of my head but just, definitely um just asking google what you could do um and then the ministry i believe has put out a lot of uh, of resources. Um, ask your teachers um, as a place to, to go and have have teachers sort of help redirect you. Um, but I do believe, yeah, the government, both locally and provincially or um, provincially and federally have have put out resources for, for yeah. families. I actually did have one that I sent out to my families that um, the Ministry of Education put out for families and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I can quickly find it or attach it to you when I find it. It was, it's really, really great.
0: Because um, it yeah, just
1: a, a list of suggestions.
0: Yeah. If you could send perhaps some links of your top favorites, I can include them along with Perfect. this episode of the show. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and so in untangling that kind of social and emotional aspect of being at home with your family, all of a sudden you're, you can't see your friends anymore. You have your routines shaken up everything's a little different. What are some ways that parents could help explain this complexity to the, the children of, of what's going on? Yeah. You know, it is a, it's, a, it's a global pandemic. There are lots of countries involved. There's a lot happening. Are there, are there some tools that you would recommend for parents or um, not necessarily resources, but methods or methodology that you would u- use to explain the complexity of such a global challenge to
1: young children? Totally. Um, it is, it's it's massive. And um I think just having a converse like an honest conversation with them, as adults tend to do, we we over indulge in news and so we I mean, that's just what we do. We listen to it to get our information. And if if your kids are wondering what it's about, just have an honest conversation. Like what do they know about it? What do they think about it? Um and really focusing on their social and emotional. Um, that you know, it's to understand that uh, they cannot go see their friends because of all of the stuff that we know is happening. So having them explain to you what they know um, to really help understand. And it's, you know, little kids won't necessarily understand, um, but definitely as they get a little bit older and sort of um, in school year's age, they, they will, they do understand. Um, But I think a lot of them are just wanting to go back to normalcy. I've had so many kids go, I just want to go back to school, (laughs) which I'm like, do you realize what you just said? (laughs) Um, But uh, having a whole new appreciation for school, um, I think is going to be a really neat outcome of this. But in terms of having parents chat to their kids about it, um, again, creating that routine. And and for parents themselves, take time for themselves, making sure that they're taking care of themselves, Um, and just kind of going, hey, like I I need time to to take for myself before I can really continue on with being this parent because it's it's challenging, that's for sure. And if kids are wanting to learn more about it, then provide them that space to to ask questions and. Uh, provide them with the answers that is sort of within the scope of what what they know and what they understand. And um, and just say like, this isn't forever and it's just for right now. And something that I know some families are doing is that they're going for walks to their friend's place and having these social distance interactions. And I've had um, a coworker, her daughter who's in grade eight, she just went and they sat up with blankets at a total, you know that two meter radius and just had that that face-to-face time and you can um i mean so says bonnie henry that you can do that you can go in and and have a social distance conversation with your friends um just to appreciate them and to see them and uh but it's different because the kids just want to play and once play begins that that's where it's crossed and um and we recognize that as educators, we recognize that kids are just so desperate to get back with their friends. And um, we were even having conversations, saying like, "Hey, do you think we can invite a couple couple folks to, to, to school and and have a social distance interaction with them? And especially for those really vulnerable kids um, who are needing some more interaction. And, and in in a way, school is an essential service. And Don Russ has been set up. Um, to have students come in and have that one-on-one. We've set up social distance spaces for them to come in if they need the support. Um, So, yeah, it's, again, as parents um, take time for yourself, uh, chat with your kids about what they wanna know and um, do as much as you can, like (laughs) it's, it's, It's a global crisis, everyone is in it together. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: and thank you for kind of being so honest with all of that. And I'm I'm sure there are many, hopefully many people that will watch this and and hear the frustration and, but also the hope and the dedication and the passion that you have for their children and that they also have for their children. And Squamish is lucky to have educators like yourself
1: Oh, thank you, and, yeah. and I know that it's it's across the board. Like wherever you are, um, teachers care <laughs> about your kids, and and um, I would say just reach out uh, to them, and they will do what they can to try and help help you out as a parent, um, because they care about your kid as much as you do. Sometimes it's just because they're it's their second home throughout this year, and especially even at the tail end of the year, we really established strong connections with the kids, um, at this, for, to this point. So, um, yeah, reach out and, and you're not alone and, and, and ask for help. Cause there's a lot of it out there. Yep. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I, I think that's a great place to leave this conversation. You have been an absolute wonderful first guest. <laughs> Woo! <Yeah. laughs> Round of applause. Round of applause.
1: <laughs> so.
0: Thank you awesome. so much, Katie McIntyre. My
1: pleasure, Vicky. <laughs> you have
0: yourself a wonderful day and stay well, be safe. And you too. You again. My pleasure. Bye. Okay, bye.